Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome back into Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon. Happy to welcome in on our line Odyssey NBA insider Danny Green. Insider calls brought to you by the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe equipped for adventure. Happy to join us, Danny. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, man. The pleasure's all mine. Now, uh, Danny, before we get in from a local perspective with the Pels, uh, is LeBron a beast or what? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm looking I mean, at what, what happened. I look at the Clippers in L.A. Doing, I mean, man. is that unbelievable, LeBron, at his age, uh, what occurred last night? I mean, Yeah, 39 years old, it's unheard of. Um, so to come back from that, exert that much energy, um, it's hard to do. Hopefully, so he can recover for the next game. But um, he's he's been doing that for years, I and mean, for decades, obviously, literally. Um, so, yeah, it's impressive to see it at 39. Um, I think we kind of take it for granted how easy he makes it look, uh, especially with all these young, talented guys in this league. Um, it's not easy. You know, and he, he's still doing it, and it's, it's, it's impressive. When you talk about impressive players, uh, Danny, um, obviously uh, you were a star uh, with the Spurs. Uh, but when you look at Wimby hmm. and where he's at right now, uh, you look at supporting, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, so when you look at Wimby though, and the expectations, what's realistic for him? Because you know, if it's not the latest greatest, then people, uh, you know, they want to poo-poo that. But I mean, to me, at times, the flashes that he shows is truly oh, uh, off the top, and uh, yeah. and he's such a such a physical presence. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the sky's he has potential to be. Uh, a lot of great things because of, you know, the things that he was given that are, you know, God-given. They're not something you can't teach. You can't teach being seven five. You, you can't be, can't teach. He's actually worked on this of being coordinated, but to be able to be that coordinated at seven five, handle the ball, shoot, have that type of touch, and also have a, a mind for the game. He has an IQ. Obviously, you can see at an early age, you can see how mature he is or how he's maturing over, you know, through the game by game and on behind on the camera when he's talking to the media. Um, you know, the future is very bright for him. The sky's the limit. He obviously can, you know, protect the rim. He could be a defensive player of the year. The way he blocks shots, gets out, runs the floor, um, and gets steals. You see some of the numbers that he's doing that has never been done before because he's a seven foot five guard, basically. He's able to make as many threes in a season and block as many shots. Him and Chet are, you know, kind of unicorns in that sense. Now, uh, you know, Danny, when I look at, like, uh, players that come out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but like maybe from a casual basketball fan, I look at, like, uh, Chet Holmgren with uh, Oklahoma, and then I look at SGA, and then uh, the level he's playing at. 
but then uh, did anyone really, uh, I guess you'd have to be a basketball expert. Um, and maybe you might have been on top of this or a top scout. Uh, but look at Halliburton. I mean, mm-hmm. what he's done with the Pacers. I mean, uh, yeah. leading the NBA in assists. And the Pels played him last night. Now that they could play him on Friday night. They come into New Orleans. But uh, Tyrese Halliburton, to me, uh, he's been unbelievable. I mean, uh, that, yeah, uh, he, all of a sudden, what he's done with the Pacers so far. Yeah, they're still uh, missing. They got Pascal, but I think they're missing a piece or two. Um, they need more, another more time anyway, maybe a year of familiarity with each other. Uh, he started off very hot, then he had the injury. I think he's kind of cooled down a little bit, but he's still he's an unbelievable talent, great player. And they've brought Indiana to a place where nobody expected them to be. Not like they're top of the league. They're not doing what OKC's doing. But everybody thought they'd be at the bottom of the league. But, you know, they were right there. They could very well be, if he doesn't get hurt, you know, one of those top six teams, you know. So um, I just think they need more another year, of a set of, of gel and chemistry. And Rick Carlisle's got them, you know, playing free and up and down and playing at a high pace and scoring a lot of, you know, points. So it's exciting to watch. And they had a great in-season tournament. Um, I'm just – I think me, not as not, you know, not only me, but the rest of the world is very interested in how well, how far they can can go, and how, how well they can grow with this group. Now, uh, Danny, uh, explain to the fans and uh, how do you take it? Uh, because any time you end up at um, playing for the North Carolina Tar Heels or uh, Duke or Kentucky or Kansas, whatever, uh, how do you uh, explain? that maybe the more household name in the NBA, I guess it might be because of a short time in college, but I'm looking at SGA and where mm-hmm. he's at in Oklahoma City compared to when he was at Kentucky. I mean, uh, you know, unless you're truly following it, you don't realize where he's at. And then I look at mm-hmm. Zion. Uh, Zion at Duke, now we were aware of him. We want Zion mm-hmm. to step up big for the Pels. But you look at yourself playing in North Carolina, so, so you look at that, how do you explain that maybe the even a better NBA player the, the, than the college version? I mean, it might be only one year. It might be a couple of seasons, mm-hmm. whatever. But, and they had prestigious universities. Uh, but all of a sudden, whoa, uh, they are way better pro than they even were in college. Oh, it depends on the player, right? It depends on the personality and the character. Uh, Shea is obviously a kid of what I've heard stories about. He was eager and very hungry to learn, and that he was only going to continue to grow and get better. There's some guys that are better in college than they are the pros because they either stay too long or, you know, they reach their peak early. You know, people age differently, you know. Uh, fortunately for them, their bodies um, aren't fully developed yet, and they're, they're still learning. They're learning faster than their bodies are developing, so that's why they become great players. Um, so, yeah, so Zion and Shea and all these guys that you're, you're talking about, um, have gotten some time, so they got a little bit of time in college, but after that, they learn the NBA game sooner than later, be able to adjust, and their bodies are still in great shape in the prime of their career, and they're still developing, you know, physically. Um, so you put that combination together, and their mind uh, of wanting to learn and want to be the best is what is icing on the cake, so that allows them to be great or become great uh, pretty quickly. Talking to three-time NBA champ Danny Green. Insider calls brought to you by the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Equipped for adventurous 
adventures with capable features like the H-Track all-wheel drive and standard third-row seating. Uh, Danny, now looking at the Pelicans, man, uh, this team seems to give us uh, locally heart palpitations every single game, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of up-and-down play from them. A really tough matchup last night. Uh, for them, it was a the road back to back, and uh, had a flight delay. Nobody wants to hear excuses, though. Came out really lethargic in the game. But what's been your take mm-hmm. on the team this season? Well, and, and Danny, like Steve was saying, uh, we we we, we uh, well uh, uh, enough playing well on the road. Uh, we're eighteen mm-hmm. and thirteen. We got to take care of home court. In, in your own. yeah, uh, we're playing well on the road. We got to take care of home court advantage. No, hundred percent, definitely. Um, but you also got to say, if you want to be a championship team, you got to win on the road. But I, I chalk it up to most of their seasons. This year has been better than last because they've been more healthy. But it's hard. They've been more up and they've still been up and down because of the lack of health. Um, Zion's been more available this year. But you know they're a top, said top six team when they're fully healthy and those guys are playing the way they're capable of playing. Um, so yeah, it's it's very up and down schedule is this. But CJ's sometimes out. You know, Brandon Ingram sometimes is out. Um, Trey Murphy, you guys, you guys off the bench. But once they get you know everybody back and healthy and clicking, I think this team can can be very dangerous uh, and, and be you know one of the contending teams if they continue to to you know keep this group together because they have a really good squad. Now, uh, Danny, uh, listen, you did it at the highest level. You were a sharpshooter, uh, knocking down threes. Uh, you might say, uh, well, th- that's uh, your responsibility. I mean, uh, all of a sudden, Pop could count on you uh, with the Spurs, and you were able to do that. So what is your take? Because I want to know the transition. When you look at the NBA, is it all about, is the alpha dog like Steph Curry? How did that come about where everybody's jacking up threes now? And then they're like, okay, how many three-point attempts you have in a game? And is the whole I mean, season. I mean, you were probably at the beginning of that. So explain that to the fans. Well, I guess, I mean, most people don't really look, the fans anyway, don't look at like, the data or, you know, the, I guess the statistics of, you know, some people are numbers people. Um, and the numbers say, like, what is a good shot? You know, the higher percentage shots, obviously, at the rim, you're okay with taking a layup. And it seems as if, you know, the three-point line is kind of similar, if not better, than the mid-range. That's why people consider a mid-range a bad shot these days now or just a lost art. People don't take them as much. And because you don't want to be trading twos for threes, you rather trade, you rather have a three than two. Um, so I don't think people are trying to get up as many. They just know that three-point line is very important to today's game. And it probably did start when Steph was shooting. And, you, know, the, you know, Clay and Steph, they're shooting threes. Other teams are playing and shooting twos. So when you're trading three, twos for threes and they're outscoring you and they're not sh- making as many baskets or they're getting more up, they have a better chance uh, of winning the game. Um, and teams start to realize that. It's like, all right, you know, we can't get a layup or we can't get a dunk or in the paint. We want to find out, kick out, and get a, a good look from three-point line because – that's probably the best shot to take with it. Probably better in the corner because it's a higher percentage shot. But it's the same statistically uh, successful, I guess, as a, a mid-range shot. I'm, said, I'm not the guy that goes in and looks at these numbers, but this is what I've come to conclude and what I've heard from, from the people that look at these, you know, these data, these numbers, these logistics of all of, of you know, the shot selection. Now, uh, Danny, I played 15 years professional football. But it's it's still American football is American football. Mm-hmm. You might have an international player now and then, uh, but but it's not international. Uh, football is like soccer to the world. But when I mm-hmm. look at the NBA, 
and professional basketball, how it is truly international. You look at Yao mm-hmm. Ming going back in China. Uh, you, you look at uh, the Joker. Uh, you look at Luka Donich and all of them. Luka, all of them. But right mm-hmm. now, uh, th- that this is not far-fetched. You look at before he mm-hmm. got hurt, uh, Joel Embiid uh, from Africa, whatever, that you might arguably say that uh, four, if not the top five players in the whole NBA is not even from the United States. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about SGA, he's from Canada, so that would be yeah. considered international. So it's unbelievable how basketball has progressed that, yeah. you know, the, the all-star game was a joke. I mean, Danny, come on. <laughs> I'm always watching that. Now, to me, uh, I think the fans would be intrigued with this. How about you play uh, the United States plays, players versus international players? Now, that would be an all-star game. I think you can get the ratings up, and it would be a lot of pride involved in that. Possibly. It depends on it depends on if they take it serious or not. It doesn't matter how you split up the team. It's yeah. about getting the group to take it serious. So it's tough to do when the guys are on their break and they're trying to rest. And we talk about this every year the same of how the All-Star game or All-Star weekend needs to change. Um, you know, they could make it more exciting some ways, different ways. It's going to be tough so because of where the game's gone and how guys that want to make sure their bodies are good. Um, but, yeah, that could be an interesting take. And you said a lot of the, the game has grown. It's, it's amazing to see how passionate, you know, other countries and other uh, cultures are, are about the game. You know, we go to China, it's huge. And hopefully, you know, India can grow there and, you know, other places, Turkey. You know, we have, you know, our first, this type of player, you know, different type of Filipino players. So it, it's great to see it grow. And it's great to see how much talent has kind of taken over the league. Um, but I think that would be interesting. It's a game to watch if guys actually took it seriously um, in the All-Star weekend game. Well, uh, Danny, I'm just thinking of because uh, of Wemby and uh, France. I mean, did you play with Tony Parker when that all – I'm trying to recollect – and all that. Uh, I did look, play with Tony. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, he was an alpha dog. I mean, uh, look at uh, the success that he had at the time. Look at Ginobili, Argentina and all. No, it's unbelievable. When you talk about truly an international sport, it didn't get any better than basketball. 100%. 100%. I agree with you. And I think that it'll be a lot of fun to watch uh, as it grows and also those those types of, I mean, competing, competing from the you know, the United States, the Americans versus, you know, the, the Europeans or the foreign or the however, you want to, however you want to put it, the world, yeah. Danny, definitely appreciate t- the time. Before we let you go, how do you see the top four teams in the West shaking out? Because, man, it is going to be a wild finish. It is, man. It's very close. I see Denver. They're playing pretty good basketball right now. I, I see Denver somehow sneaking into the top two. Um, I see uh, okay, season playing really well, too. They're hot. Uh, Clippers have a tough schedule. So I think Clippers probably end up at four, Denver at two, and maybe Minnesota at one, OKC at three. I don't know. It's tough to say, man. It's honestly really tough to say. Gotcha. Definitely appreciate the time, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you, Danny. For sure. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. That was Odyssey NBA insider Danny Green. Insider calls brought to you by the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, equipped for adventure. 